The following shear has been presented by Dayan Yohannesson David Hul, Dayan for the Beis Havad in Yerushalayim, and is brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. The center can be reached for halachic services, consultations, and shilas at 888-485-VAAD or at thehalachacenter.org. Bavakala, Tafkuf Yud Tes Amadalaf. Says the Gemara, Itma, Gazlan, Meimos, Amutalik, Nesmimenu. If you know someone is a Gazlan, at what stage and at what point are you allowed to buy things from him? We have a concern here that what you want to buy might be stolen property. Rav, Amachete, Rov, Mishalo. If most of what the Gazlan has in his possession actually belongs to him, and only a few of the things that he has are stolen property, then you're allowed to buy things from him. However, if most of the things that he owns are stolen property, you're not allowed to buy anything from him. Shmuel says that even if a small amount, a small percentage of the property in the hands of the Gazan actually belongs to him, and most of what he owns is stolen, you're allowed to buy things off him. And you don't have to be concerned that it might be stolen property. Now, before we go any further, let's clarify a couple of basic dinim with regards to having benefit from stolen property. There is no question that anything which you know for sure is stolen property, you're not allowed to buy from the guzzling. And you're not allowed to have any benefit from it either. This is the Shulchan Aruch, Yechash Mishpat, Simon, Shin Samachtes. Also, Liknos Dovar Gozum in Agazlan. You're not allowed to buy anything which is stolen from a thief, from a Gazlan. And the reason is quite simple. Firstly, there's a problem of Lifne Ivelosite Mikshol. You're causing the Ganuf to steal again. Your Messiah, Lidayavira. The Gemara says, Lav Achbro Ganuf, and a Chura Ganuf. It's not the mice who steals. It's the hole where the mice runs to that steals. In other words, if the Gazan had nowhere to unload his stolen property, he wouldn't steal. And by buying the property off him, you are in fact encouraging him to steal again. And you're helping him to steal. However, apart from that, it's actually more serious. Because the halacha is that even if someone steals something, it still belongs to the original owner, even though it's now in the possession of the Ganef. Ruven steals from Shimon an article, an object, a tape recorder, it still belongs to Shimon, even though it's now in Reuven's house, and Shimon doesn't know where it is. If, however, Shimon is misyayish, he gives up hope of ever seeing it again, although it still belongs to him, and Yush, where of a stolen property, is not considered as a hefka, and it, doesn't, and it still doesn't belong to the gun of Reuven, However, if Reuven then transfers the object to someone else's own ownership, he gives it to Levi or sells it to Levi, it now belongs to Levi and no longer belongs to Shimon. So again, stolen property, where the original owner is Miyayish, he gives up hope of ever getting it back again, still belongs to the original owner, even though it's in possession of the Ganef and the owner's been Miyayish. However, if this Yush and Shini Rashus, the original owner gives up hope of ever getting it back again, and it's been transferred to someone else's ownership, then it already belongs to the new owner. Of course, the Ganef would have to pay for the object when he's caught. 
But the actual object now belongs to the new owner. There's a Shiloh where there's a cases of Takanos Ashok, we make the, even the new owner give it back, special to come to Rabbonim. But Minatayakoponim, it belongs to the new person. So, if you come to a Ganav who has something which is definitely stolen, and you know it's stolen property, if you buy it off the Ganav, and if the original owner has already been Miyayish, has given up hope of ever getting it back again, then by taking it from the Ganav, you're actually transferring it out of the original owner's resource. Because since there was already Yerush, and now there's a Shinni resource, it no longer belongs to the owner. So in effect, you're participating in the Geneva by removing it entirely from the resource of the original owner. As long as it was in the Ganav's hand, even if the owner was Miyayish, it still belongs to the owner. But as soon as it transfers out of the Ganav's hand into someone else's hand after use, it already belongs to the new, the new owner. So that there's no question about, if you know for sure that something is stolen property, it's forbidden to buy it. Because it's Messiah de Avera, it's Lifne Iver, encourage him to steal again, and you're actually participating, so to speak, in the stealing by removing it from the original owner's resource if he's already been miyaj. But al is now discussing, what happens if you don't know for sure that the object that you're buying is actually stolen? But there's reason to suspect it might be stolen. And the reason is because the person you're buying it off is a guy called Smokey Joe, who's a well-known guzzlin and deals in stolen property. But the object you want to buy from him, we don't know. It might actually belong to him. It might not actually belong to him. He's selling, for example, a car stereo. So it might be his own second-hand car stereo, in which case there's no problem buying it off him. But there's a good chance that it's a stolen second-hand car stereo. So the Gemara says that according to Rav, if most of the things in the possession of this Gazan do not belong to him, then you're not allowed to buy anything off him until most of his possessions belong to him. And then you can rely on Rove, you go bustle and Rove, and you can rely on the majority and say that what I'm buying is probably for, for, of his. However, Shmuel is more maker. Shmuel says, even if most of the stuff he has is stolen, if a meal, if a little bit, a small percentage is not stolen, you're allowed to buy it off him and assume that what you're buying is from the non-stolen property. Again, only if you, know, if you don't know for sure that it's stolen. Because if you know for sure it's stolen, you're for sure not allowed to buy it. Now, what's the halacha? Like Rav or Shmuel? There is uh, two different gerses in the Gemara as to the Hemshech of the Gemara, as to the continuation, how the Gemara paskins. But the most Rishonim Paskin halacha is like Shmuel, as is generally the rule between Rav and Shmuel when it comes to halachas in Dinim. The halacha is like Shmuel, and therefore, even if there's a meal which belongs to the Ganav himself, you're allowed to buy it off him. And so it seems to Paskin the Rambam in Hilchas Gedel, Gzelev Aveda Perik Hei Halacha Ches. It's forbidden to have any benefit from a gazlin. However, if there's a small percentage, even a small percentage of, of the things in his possession which actually belong to him, even though most of the things he has in his possession are stolen, you're still allowed to have benefit from him. However, the Rambam and Hilchus Geneva Perik Vov Halacha Aleph seems to learn like Rav. There, the Rambam says, "Kol Bavoshaches Kosu Gonov Oso Likachoso." Anything which is normally it can be assumed to be stolen property, even if you don't know for sure, you're not allowed to buy it. Vechenim Rov Oso Davoshu Gonov Einochinoso. And also, if most of the things that you want to buy are stolen, then you're also not allowed to buy it. So here, the Rambam seems to be paskening like Rav, that if most of the things are stolen, you cannot rely on the meat, and you're not allowed to assume it comes from the meat, you have to go to the Rav, and you're not allowed to buy it. 
The Magid Mishnah asks the Kasha, both in Hilchus Gezele and in Hilchus Geneva. In Hilchus Geneva, the Magid Mishnah suggests that maybe the Rambam Paskins like Rav, but he asks from Hilchus Gezele where the Rambam clearly says that it's forbidden to have benefit from a Gazan, but if a meal is Mishaloi, if a small percentage belongs to the Gazan, then you're allowed to. Clearly, he Paskins like Shmuel. So the Rambam, so the Magid Mishnah in Hilchus Gezele gives two possible explanations for this apparent contradiction in the Rambam. His first explanation is perhaps there's a difference between a Ganav and a Gazlan. As we know, Ganav and Gazlan have two slightly different halachas. A Ganav is someone who steals in secret, and a Gazlan is someone who steals openly. And there are various different differences in halacha that apply to the two. So it suggests the Magid Mishnah perhaps when it comes to a Gazlan, the Rambam Paskin is like Shmuel, that even if a Miyot belongs to him, you're allowed to buy off him. Whereas with a Ganav, he paskins like Rav, so in Hilchus Geneva, the Rambam says that if Rav, most of those things are stolen, you're not allowed to purchase it. However, the Wagamisha doesn't really like this terrace, and therefore he gives a different terrace, which he says is the main terrace, which is between Rav Hadova the Rav Hamomen. Rav Hadova, most of the things, of the objects, are stolen, then it's forbidden. But Rav Hamomen, if most of the money is stolen, then it's mutter. It doesn't exactly, the Magad Mishnah doesn't exactly explain what he means by Rav HaDova and Rav HaMomen. So the Yamshel Shlomer, in the 10th Perik of Baba Kama, Simon Nunches, the Mahashal, brings this Magad Mishnah and he explains that when he, means, when he says Rav HaDova, he means the type of thing that you're buying. For argument's sake, in our case, you're buying a second-hand car stereo. If most second-hand car stereos on the market are stolen, then you're not allowed to have any, but you're not allowed to buy it and you're not allowed to use it. Because you have to go boss of the majority, you don't know whether the one in front of you is stolen, but most of those on the market are stolen, so you're not allowed to purchase it until you know for sure that it's not stolen. However, Rave Mormon, the Rambam Hilks Gazela, who learned Al Gamora on Daf Kufiud Tesamadalaf, that a Gazan, you're allowed to buy things off him. Even if only a meal is shelah, even only a, a small percentage of his possessions actually belong to him, that's talking not about whether the objects that you want to buy are mostly stolen. Then we're talking about Rova Mama, which belongs to the Gazlan. We're not talking about a specific object you want to buy. We're talking about anything that you want to get buy from the Gazlan. His money, 70% for argument's sake of his money, is stolen. 30% is not. In that case, you're allowed to go even after the meal, even after the small, the small percentage, and assume that what you're buying is okay. If the object that you're buying is mostly stolen, you're not allowed to buy it. If, however, we're dealing with a person, and that person's possessions are mostly stolen, but partly not stolen, then you're allowed to buy things off him, even if you don't know, as long as you don't know whether it's, if it's stolen or not. So says the Yam Shoshemah's explanation in the Magi Mishnah. However, says the Marashal, I don't really understand what's the difference between Rav HaMomen and Rav HaDova when it comes to the Halacha. If it's true that where the majority of cast stereos which are being sold on the marketplace are stolen, then you're not allowed to buy them, then what's the difference between that type of Rav and Rav HaMomen? When you go up to an individual guzzler, you know that most of his possessions are stolen, the same thing should apply. Why should there be a difference in Halacha between Rav HaMomen and Rav HaDova? says the Marshal, and therefore I prefer to not like the Magad Mishnah, and I have a different explanation. He says, says the Marshal, there's no question in my mind that if we know for sure that this Gazlan has most of his possessions are stolen, then we have to go boss a rove. We have to go after the majority, we're not allowed to buy anything from him, because most of the things are stolen, and our general Allah is Hulk and Aha 
However, our Gemoran on Daf Kufi Tess, which says that according to Shmuel, you're allowed to buy from a Gazlan, even if most of his stuff is stolen, along with some of his possessions are not stolen, that's talking about where we don't know for sure that everything now currently in his possession is stolen. If we know that for sure 70% of the things he owns today are stolen, then we'd have to go to and we can't buy anything off him. So the Mashal, but Agamor is talking about not where we know for sure it's stolen, it's Becheskas Gomot. It's probably stolen, and there's good reason to believe that it's stolen. In general, we know that this Gazlan, most of the time, most of his possessions are stolen. But we don't know for sure at any given time that right now most of his possessions are stolen. In that case, since we don't know for sure right now, even though we have a chazoka that most of his money is probably stolen, since at the moment we don't know for sure that everything, that most of the things he has is stolen, we're allowed to go boss to the mirror and we're allowed to buy things from him according to Shmuel, even though a small percentage of his stuff is not stolen. But that's only when we don't know for sure at the moment. But if we know for sure now that everything in his, most of the things in his possession are stolen, then you have to go after the majority and you can't buy anything off him. So says the explanation of the Yam Shalom. The Sma has a slightly different explanation. The Sma says it also in Simon Shin Nun Chesi Cotton Base and in Simon Shin Samachtes, Elchus Gazel and Shochan Ochusiv Cotton Hay. And the Sma says there's a difference between whether you're looking at the person in general or you're looking at the things that he owns. If we're looking at a person, for example, the case of the Rambam, where he says you're not allowed to buy from a Ganef if most of his possessions are stolen. The Magen Mishnah says, he learned it from a Mishnah, says we don't buy anything off shepherds, off Royim. In the days of the Gomorrah, most shepherds were to take other people's sheep for payment and pasture them outside the town. And very often, these shepherds would steal, because since they, was, they were out of town and no one could see what they were doing, they would cut off bits of wool and sell it to other people or use it for themselves. Or they would milk the cows or the sheep and sell that for themselves. So they would actually steal from the owners. So in general, Rayin were a very unsavory lot and they were mostly Ganovin. So in that case, says the Smar, if we have a Ray of the Thonin, we have now a shepherd in front of us and he wants to sell us something. So we look in general at all the shepherds and we say most shepherds, 70 or 80% of the shepherds are Ganovin. And therefore, based on that, we have to assume that the man standing in front of us is in fact a Ganav. Once we assume he's a Ganav, then everything that he owns in his possession is stolen. So now we have 100% chashash that everything is stolen. And therefore, we're not allowed to buy anything off him. And that's the Rambam and Hilchus Geneva. However, in the Rambam and Hilchus Gazela, which is our Gomorrah, is talking about where the person standing in front of us is for sure a custom, but we know that only part of his money is stolen, albeit most of the money is stolen, but part is not stolen. In that case, we can rely on, a, on the mute and, and, and buy things off him. So in other words, whereas the Magid Mishnah distinguishes between Rav Hadova and Rav HaMomen, the Magid Mishnah says, if, mo, if the object that you're buying, the car stereo, is mostly, most of them on the shuk, on the marketplace are stolen, then you're not allowed to buy it. Whereas, if you're talking about an individual, as long as part of his money is not stolen, you're allowed to buy things off him. 
The smile says slightly differently. If we're discussing if the person in front of us is a Gazlan, then if most of the people in his trade, most Royan, most Shepherds are, are, are Ganovim, then we'll assume he's a Ganov. Once we assume he's a Ganov, then it's uh, safe to assume that everything in his possession is stolen. And therefore we're not allowed to buy anything off him. Whereas if we're talking about an individual Gazlan in front of us, and we know that this man has 70% stolen property, but 30% not, then we're allowed to rely on the Miat. Whereas the Marshall's explanation is we can only rely on the Mid if we don't know 100% for sure that at the moment the things in the possessions of this man are mostly stolen. It's just that the Becheska has gone and in general he steals more than he does an honest day's labour. However, if we know for sure, says the Marshall, that 70% of the things in his possession are currently stolen, even smaller degree that we can't go boss of the Mid. One general question which applies to all these shitters. Why is it that we're allowed to go boss of the Mid? How can it be that although the general rule is that we go Bosaroi, we follow the majority in the halacha, and we say, if there's a majority, then we have to follow the majority. So why, in this case, the Shmuel say that if there's a minority of things which, belong, which actually belong to the Ganif and they're not stolen, you're already allowed to benefit from it. So the Levush says, the reason is that here, it's only an Isidra Bonon to actually buy anything from the Ganif, and when Isidra Bonon, they were Mekel. Now what does that mean? The Rokha says something very interesting. He says, normally, how do we know that anything which is in possession of somebody else actually belongs to him? Maybe if we see, if we go into a store and we want to buy something, maybe it's stolen property. Maybe the shopkeeper actually stole it from somebody else. How do we know it belongs to him? The answer is, there's a general halacha, If someone has something in his possession, and we have no reason to suspect him of stealing it, then the chazoka tells us that it belongs to him. There's no reason to assume otherwise. However, when we have someone who we recognize as a well-known guzzlin, a well-known thief, we don't have the same strong chazoka that whatever he, uh, he has in his hand probably belongs to him. Because since we know he's a gunneth, there's a good chance that what he has in his hand doesn't belong to him. So, says the Orach HaShulchan, since we have a partial chazoka that it belongs to him, not a full chazoka because he's a gunneth, but we do have a partial chazoka in general, things which are in someone's possession belong to him, we add that together with the milt, the minority, the small percentage which we know for sure belongs to him, and we say and together with uh, a combination of the fact that at least 20-30% definitely belongs to him, plus we have in general a chazoka that something which is in someone's person belongs to him, even though it's a weaker chazoka here because he's a ganav, together with a weak chazoka and the meal, we join them together and say you can rely on that and you don't have to go after the road and ban from buying things from him. That's the Orach HaShukhan explanation. Others say a slightly different explanation, and the Orach also hints to this as well. Since the whole issue is only an issue to our to buy from a, a Gazlan, as long as you don't know for sure that it's stolen, you can rely on the meal, because sometimes we find that when the Rabbonon made an Issa, they allowed you to rely even on a, on a, on a meal, even on a small percentage. For example, if you have a town which was overrun by an invading Goisha army, and completely overrun, and it was in their hands for a number of days. So the, the, the halacha is that any Jewish women who are in that town may no longer marry a Cain afterwards. And the reason is, it's a Dindra Bonon. The Rabbonon said that since the town was completely overrun by the Goyim, we are Choshish, we have a concern that maybe the women were defiled by the Goyim, and therefore they're not allowed to marry a Cain. But it's only a Dindra Bonon, 
Because in our Torah, there's no reason why they shouldn't marry her, because we have no evidence to assume that uh, on any individual woman that she was defiled by a goy. But Midrabanon, all the women in town are not allowed to marry a Kohen. However, says the Gemara, if there's Machbua Achas, if there's one hiding place anywhere in the town, and we know that there was definitely one hiding place, then every one of the women can marry a Kohen. Because each woman who comes in front of us and asks the Shalim, may I marry a Kohen, we will say, we can assume that it's, she was hiding in that hiding place. Even though it's only a milt, only one person could have fitted in the hiding place. And there's a hundred Jewish women in the town. But each woman who comes in front of us and asks us to Shaila will be toiled on the milt and will say there's a chance that she was the one who's hiding in, in that machbor, in that hiding place, and therefore she's permitted to marry a coin. Even though, Mikra didn't look at her, one would have to go boss a rove and say the woman in front of us is from the rove who couldn't have hid in the hiding place because there's only room for one person. Nonetheless, since the whole Takon is a Dindra Bonon, the Bonon will make her, they were lenient, and they said as soon as you have a milt, a way out, then you're already re- you're allowed to rely on the mirt, and the woman is allowed to marry a kohen. So too says the Ulama Mishpat and the Orach Hashulchan hints to it as well. The Issa to buy from a Ghana for a Gazan is an Issa Drabonam. Therefore, it's po- it seems from Shmuel that Shmuel learned that a Chazal only asked it, only forbade it in a case where you where you, either you know for sure it's stolen, well then it's not Issa Drabonam, or when most of the possessed stuff in the possession of the Gazan is stolen. In those cases, you're not allowed to buy. But as soon as there's a milt, there is a minority of things which are in the possession of the Ganaf, then you're already you're allowed to buy. Even though normally the Allah is, we go boss a row, we follow the majority, and therefore since there's an Issa, we should say it should be forbidden to buy it from him. However, since the Issa is only an Issa to Midrabonon, the Rabbanon said we are lenient and we will only ban it if there's a majority which belongs, uh, which is stolen property. But if there's a minority of stolen property, a minority of the property in the possession of the Ganav, which is not stolen, then Chazal allow you to buy it and the Halakh is like Shmuel, that you're allowed to buy the property from this Ganav, as long as you know that the thing you're buying, you don't know for sure is stolen. The Daf Yomi Halacha series has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. To reach the Center for Halacha Consultation, Service, Educational Seminars or Media, please call 1-888-485-VAD. That's 1-888-485-8223. To sign up to the BHHJ, the Base Havad's weekly interactive e-journal, please visit www.bhhj.org. Or you can email us at office at the